Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Essentials. We're learning how to live a victorious Christian life by boiling it all down to the basics. If you do nothing else, be sure these essentials are part of your life. Well, we're in a series we started last week called Essentials. Everybody say Essentials. Essentials means uh, it's vital, it's necessary. These are must-haves. How many of you know if you got launched into outer space, there are certain essentials you need? You know that you would want some oxygen, for sure. Uh, second on my list, space snacks. You know, you'd, you want some snacks. And then, of course, there's some, some other things that you would certainly need on your voyage to outer space. And we've started to look at these things um, looked at a couple last week. Not only are they, you know, we look at in terms of it's vital, it's necessary. I want, I want to make it a, even a little more extreme as far as essentials to go ahead and say this, that if you don't have them, you're not going to make it. You know, go back to, you know, being shot into outer space. If you don't have oxygen, you're, <laughs> you're not going to make it. So in our spiritual life, our walk, uh, these certain things that we're covering over these few weeks you don't have these things, you're not going to make it. Now, as I said last week, I'm not saying you won't make it to heaven. That's, like I said, that's beyond my pay grade to, you know, determine if you're going to make it to heaven or not, okay? But I just don't think that you're going to make it as far as being happy, stable, fruitful, or blessed. Your chances of being a blessing are about nil, and, and your chances of bringing glory to God, I just don't think that's going to happen if, if you don't have these essentials in your life. We began last week, and I'm not going to take time to review, but we, we talked about you and your identity and your importance of knowing that and the battle that there is for that. And then secondly, we talked about God's Word and the, the absolute essential necessity that you have daily powerful engagement with God's living Word. Today, though, I want to move on and talk about, uh, put everything under kind of one umbrella for what we talk about today, that it is essential that you start right, that you start right. Everybody say, start right. right. You know, sometimes we stay up too late. How many of you have ever been guilty of staying up too late? And, and if you really are honest, and I won't ask for a show of hands on this, you stayed up too late and it was not productive. Now I didn't ask for a show of hands, but it wasn't productive, you know, and, and, and then you, Stay up late, and then you're not good. You, have, you are in debt now, energy, time, and everything else, starting the next morning. And start right, forget it, because you're already behind. And uh, so we kind of start our day in, in a weird way. And, and I, we've got, we must be better stewards of how we start our day every day. If you start wrong, for example, in track and field, if you've got a false start, if you do too many of those, you're going to be disqualified. If you've got a bad start, not only will you probably not win, you probably are going to, you're going to lose. And imagine if you started off to work and you got a wrong start and you started off late, half-dressed, hungry, car's about out of gas, and you're putting on your makeup in the car. Imagine if you, well, actually, you probably are doing that. 
I've actually passed a lady a number of months ago who had a Pop-Tart in her mouth. At, at a, this was at a red light. Pop-Tart in her mouth, had her phone, had the steering wheel, and was doing this number. <laughs> she needed to get up just a little earlier. And so we can, we can do a better job at starting right. Everybody say start right. And I'm not talking about a lot of time because, you know, when you start messing with people's mornings, they get mad at you. You know, it's like, don't mess with that. Because our first decision on most days, our first decision is to procrastinate. Hit the snooze button. Because we need nine more minutes, don't we? Yeah, that'll make it right. Nine more minutes. And, and we've all been guilty of that. But You start messing with people's mornings, but I want to help you to start right. And we're not talking about a lot of time, but I'm telling you, the time invested right will make an enormous difference in your day. And if you'll start doing that day by day, that will take you to a better future. So the first essential I want to talk about is this. Begin with a bow. Begin with a bow. And I'm not talking about, you know, this bow. Look with me in Psalm 95, if you will. Psalm 95. It says, Oh, come... Let us, say that's me, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Verse 7, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, notice this, and the sheep of his hand, or literally we're under his care. And so I'm talking about literally bowing, kneeling before God. And I'm not trying to be weird about this, but this is the first thing I do. It's the first thing I do. When I wake up, this is the first thing I do. I will get out of bed, and this is the first thing that I do. And it is to acknowledge God, it's to humble myself before God. And you're saying, well, if I do that, then I'm just going to fall asleep on the floor. <laughs> but it is to, to get down and to kneel and to bow, and whatever form that you do that in... And mostly it is to bring myself in order and to submit myself, spirit, soul, and body. Your body is the biggest rebel. It's not your spirit. It's not your soul so much. It's your body that rebels. And if I can make my body just say, you know, and here's, here's the reasons why. He's our maker. We saw that. He's the one who gave me life. And then he's the one who cares for me. He's the Lord, our maker. And then go back to verse 7 again. And I'm the, we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. I'm under his care. He's the one who takes care of me. He made me. He gave me life. And he's the one who takes care of me. And so to start my day, to bow before him and to literally do that. And I'm not being weird and I'm not trying to make myself look whatever. And it's actually a little embarrassing. But, you know, it happens in different ways on different mornings. But just to bow before him, just to, I know. (laughs) But just to get before the Lord. You know how, and do you know how long I do that for? 41 minutes. No, I don't do it 41 minutes. It, It may only be 12, 15 seconds. But it's just a moment for my spirit, my soul, my body just to submit and to say, you're the one who gave me life. You're the one who takes care of me. I acknowledge you as God. Look, look here in Psalm 63, verse 1. It says, oh, God, you are my God early. Everybody say early. early. See, it's in the Bible, folks, early. It literally means first, first. And it includes the idea of earnestly, early, 
first, earnestly, will I seek you. My soul, here's why we've got to do it early. My soul thirsts for you. My, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. First of all, he's God. And, and here's the truth. We live in a dry and thirsty land spiritually, and there is no water. When's the best time to fill up your canteen, folks? It's before we start. Not, not 4.30 in the afternoon when it's, we're parched. You know, I better go find some water. You better start with some water. And it just does us good. There. And, and I can probably hear, hear some of you saying, well, I can't bow down. I can't get down. I, you know, I got that injury. I got this or that. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I broke my back in, in November. And, and I could not do that. I'm thankful I can now. And, and I, if you can't do that, here's what you can do, though. You can bow your heart, your head, and your hands. And you can just take that moment. It's not a matter if you can't. It's a matter if you won't. This is a matter that you do, that you begin with a bow. Heart, head, hands. You are God. You made me. I didn't make me. And I need you. And take that moment. That's a good way to start right. Can we get an amen on that this morning? Second essential. Second essential is set boundaries for your thoughts and words. Got quiet and I knew it would. (laughs) The origin of our thoughts and words is our heart, but this is the distribution center of stuff. And this is where we get into a lot of troubles in how we think and how we speak. How many of you have thought things before, but you did not do them? Or you thought things before, but you did not say them? You know, and let me go back to uh, being a chaplain a couple years ago. And I've told you this story before. I'm riding along with a deputy. And all of a sudden, it kind of got a little hairy, got into a little bit of a chase situation. And, and the deputy, well, let me say he said some words that are not pulpit appropriate. <laughs> and he said about a dozen of them in rapid succession. And then later, when everything kind of cooled down, he looked over at me and said, Pastor, I'm so sorry I said those words. And I said... It's all right, buddy, because I thought him. (laughs) So when we stopped to get a burger and we prayed, we both repented, okay? (laughs) But look at this. We've got to stop giving ourselves permission. Well, Grandma always said that, so I can say it. No, stop giving yourself permission to think and speak in certain ways. In Psalm 19, verse 14, it says this. Let the words of my mouth, and remember we're starting right. This would be a good thing to say, to declare, and to ask God to help you with early in the morning. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Why don't you read that with me real quick? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. My last name is Gilligan. Y'all did know that, right? How many of you know there used to be a show that had Gilligan in the title? How many of you know just about every time I write a check somewhere, everybody thinks they're the first one to say anything about Gilligan's Island? <laughs> Little buddy, skipper, so forth, okay? Well, there was one episode where they ate some plant or drank something, and they were able to know each other's thoughts. Aren't you glad we don't have that? And I remember Gilligan one time walking, who was the movie star? What was her name? Ginger? that he walked up to her and she slapped him. Okay? So 
Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to the Lord. And our words are containers. Our words carry life or they carry death. Our words are a gift or our words are poison. We have a little saying around here, either build up or hush up. And remember this, you don't have to say everything that you think. As a matter of fact, the Proverbs tells us this, if you devise evil in your heart, put your hand over your mouth. You know, if you think it and you say, I'm about to say it, put your hand over your mouth. Husbands and wives, how many of you know that is some good advice right right there? (laughs) Let me read one other verse for you in Ephesians chapter 4. Do not let let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. This is the right way. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. You know, sometimes we get, I know I shouldn't say this, but don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who hear. Be careful how you tease with people. Be careful that you're not cutting people down, making fun of people. Be careful that words are life or they're death, they're a gift or they're a poison. One of our essentials is set boundaries for your words and thoughts. Next essential is this, pray. Pray. Everybody say pray. pray. And there are different kinds of prayer, different intensities of prayer. How many of you know that, you know, if you're dealing with an emergency, there's a certain type of intensity that you would pray there? That's going to be a different intensity than when you're tucking in your toddler in bed. You know, you don't want to scare the baby. So different kinds of prayer. Uh, it is said that a day hemmed in prayer is less likely to come unraveled. So to start our day in prayer. Uh, I pray every morning... It's one of the first things that I do. And as I'm going to where I would sit in the morning and, uh, to pray, there's, we have a family portrait that is years old. It is probably, seriously, probably 14 years old, but it's got all of my kids there. And I turn on the little light where I can see it, and I will look each of my family members in the eyes as I'm praying, call their name out before the Lord. And the gist of it all is, Lord, I pray that you would cover, carry, and surround my family. And I want to pray for them early in the day. Not wait till later in the day, but pray early for them. But at some point also, you need to take the time for what I call soul resetting, soul refueling prayer. That you take the time, you make the connection in prayer, and you put something into it. I believe that we need to pray strong prayers in the strong name of Jesus. I mean, you watch the news and you talk to your buddies and post things about the news, but do you pray about what's going on? And we need to pray some strong prayers in the strong name of Jesus. Let your prayers include giving of thanks because he's been good to you. Let your prayers include casting cares because you cannot carry them. Let your prayers include getting forgiveness because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. Also in prayer, make sure that you forgive others. Let people go so that you can stay free. And as you pray, also make plenty of room in your heart for other people. Make room for careless people. Make room for distracted people, for wounded people. Guess what? Somebody's going to bump into you today. There are people that are wounded, they're distracted, they're careless, they're whatever. There are other people that are going to kind of cross your path at some point or another. And you need to make room for that. Look at this in James chapter 1. James, now go ahead to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, 
slow to speak, slow to wrath. Look at the rest of this. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So you need to commit this early and daily that I'm going to be slow to speak, uh, swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get mad. How many of you know some people it takes nothing to get them mad? I saw two, how shall I say it, two elderly guys in the grocery store almost get into it because their buggies bumped. Don't be bumping buggies. And you just need to set yourself that I'm going to make room for people so that I, I don't get mad quickly and so that I don't spout off quickly. And, you know, don't be involved in road rage and everything. Just set your heart that I've got room for people and allow that grace of God to come into your life. Can you say amen? amen. Next essential is this. Don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. God puts the solitary in families. We, Meadowbrook Church, are a family. If you're here, you're family. I said, if you're here, you're family. We are family. I feel like, who is it? Who's it? We are family. (laughs) Sister, who? Sister Sledge. There you go. We're family, red and yellow, black and white, young and old, me and Pastor Musselman, um, Rich and poor, hurting and healed, lost and found. Whoever you are, if you're here, you're family. Look up and down your aisle. Look up and and down your row, right? That's family. Welcome home. Make church attendance a priority. Actually, Scripture says that it's not optional, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And I said it earlier, church days affect the rest of your days. And even in summer, even in summer, you need to. And if you get a vacation, take a vacation. But if you're in town, make sure that you're a part. And if you're on vacation, guess what we have? You can be a part of our internet church family, okay? And, and make sure that you stay connected. And in these days, so much the more as you see the day approaching. And can I go ahead and say this? Get into a small group. We're about to launch summer semester, and, and they're not going to hound you or fine you or, or spank you if, if you don't have perfect attendance in that. But something happens in that context, and we are better together. Scripture says one can put 1,000 to flight, two can chase 10,000. And there are, I believe, three vital settings that you've got to get into if you're going to grow spiritually. And you have to grow spiritually if you're going to grow in other ways. You have to grow spiritually first. The first setting is this, all alone. All alone. Something happens there that does not, cannot, will not happen in any other setting. You've got to get all alone with God. Solitude with God. Solitude is full of God. Second setting is all together. That's when we get together in settings like this. And that's what the Bible says. Do not neglect this. Make sure this is a priority, non-optional part of your life. Something happens in this setting that cannot, will not, does not happen in any other setting. And then this setting here, together, together. That's a smaller setting where you can know and be known and love and be loved and serve and be served. And something happens in that setting. And, and, and one of the ways that we apply that is through small groups. Don't go it alone. That's an essential. And then finally, our last essential today would be this. Stay filled, be led. Read that with me. Stay filled, be led. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us to be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. 
Now, whatever your background, whatever your approach to this, I'm not going to get into all of that today. I just want to say this. Get filled, be filled, stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Get filled, be filled, stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And daily and early, you hear me? Daily and early, just ask the Lord, fill me and lead me. Would you practice that? Fill me and lead me. I've I've just got to say this too. Look at me real quick here. And I'm coming all the way out almost to the edge. Fill me and lead me. Listen, look at me. Don't make this what this is not. Don't make this what this is not. And let me tell you this too. And don't miss what this is. Just daily, just make this simple. Make this simple and know that he wants to fill you. He wants to lead you. And just ask the Lord daily, fill me and lead me. I did a series a couple years back and it's available online in every way that you want to get it here. And it's called spirit, God, helper, and friend. And I went much more in depth in the work and the ministry of, of, of the Holy Spirit. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit as drill sergeant. No. He introduced the Holy Spirit as helper. Are you all with me? He introduced the Holy Spirit as helper. He introduced the Holy Spirit as comforter. And stay real close with me on this. He's not weird. And he won't make you weird. He's not weird and he won't make you weird. But, but I hear people say this. They say, but I know some people and they talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot and they're, they're weird. Okay, listen to me. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. <laughs> listen to me. Well, I know some people and they talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot and they're weird. Listen to me. They'd be weird no matter what. They'd be weird without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't make them weird. If they were collecting stamps or they were in the canoe club, they'd be weird. Don't blame the Holy Spirit that people are weird, okay? He's not weird. He won't make you weird. Look, at, look here in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, watch this, comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you until Tuesday. I'm sorry. He remain with you, what? Forever. You know what that means? He is whatever he needs to be to help you. He is whatever he needs to be to help you. And so you know what? Start right and just say, Holy Spirit, Fill me and help me. Do you know, do you have any idea how good the Holy Spirit is at selling real estate, cutting hair, fixing cars, building buildings, managing budget, raising kids, helping your marriage, doing your job? doing whatever it is that needs done. Do you know, do you have any idea how good he is at this? That's why you start your day and you say, Holy Spirit, fill me and help me. And you don't sit there and wait until you get goosebumps on your goosebumps. You just believe. I believe you fill me and I believe you're going to lead me. 
And listen to this. And I heard this recently, and I've adapted it just a little bit. Um, Being filled with the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Because I need to be better than me to get through my day. It's not about anybody else. It's just about me. I need help. So that's why start right. Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me. And that's a good way to start. Amen. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected with us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.